You're tuned in to the greatest show that's far and about the South. Welcome into the Thursday edition of Y'all Talk with a Southern Accent. We accentuate the South in so many ways, and we're just tickled that you would take some time to join us here on this second day of May. I'm John Rawl, your host, and coming up in just a few minutes, we're going to salute Memphis in May. It's going to be an amazing month here in May in Memphis, Tennessee. Starting this weekend, a whole bunch of musical acts will be playing at Tom Lee Park right on the banks of the Mississippi River. And Robert Griffin, he's with Memphis in May. He's the vice president of marketing for this amazing month-long event in Memphis. And Robert's going to come on and tell you what all's happening this weekend, some of the musical acts. It's not too late to get to Memphis. And then you got the barbecue competition coming up soon in Memphis, as well as a nice little race where you can go running. And Robert will be on later this hour with our Festive South feature, and Memphis in May is front and center. So that's coming up in just a few. And then when we get to hour two, we'll look at the New York Times bestsellers. We have an update on some maneuvers on the bestsellers list in our Buy the Book feature. Also, Clark Shelton, who works with us here at Y'all, before working at Y'all.com, actually at one time had a background in horse racing, and he is going to help us preview the Kentucky Derby, which takes place Saturday. So we'll have all that coming up in hour two of today's Y'all show, and we actually have some breaking news. If you didn't hear the story that broke Wednesday, the favorite to race in this weekend's Omaha, uh, Omaha Beach, the favorite to race Saturday at Churchill Down, Omaha Beach, the horse that is, is not going to race, had a little health issue going on. So that has totally, totally changed a lot of people's bets and all that. So We'll have the latest from Clark Shelton in Hour 2 in our Kentucky Derby preview. Then we'll also have an SEC report in Hour 2. We're actually going to tell you about some of the SEC teams playing in the national championships for college tennis, believe it or not, in Hour 2. An update on SEC baseball, and we've got other sports from the SEC to tell you about all that an hour two. If you would like to be a part of the All Southern Show, it's so easy to do. You just pick up that phone and you punch in these numbers 803 816 1170. You can text that number, you can call that number. Same number, same result. You connect to us here at y'all 803 816 1170. You can also email us y'all show at y'all.com. Y'all show at y'all.com. Our website, yall.com. That would be y'all.com. We're on Instagram, also Twitter, at y'all show. And we're on the streaming apps, iTunes podcast. We're on the TuneIn Radio app and the iHeartRadio app. So multiple ways for you to listen to us. And we would sure appreciate the follow, the likes. Go to Facebook. We're there, too. Go to y'all.com on Facebook and like our page and be a part of the y'all movement we're so glad again you could join us here on this thursday edition now this news broke on tuesday but we learned more about the unfortunate shooting that happened on the campus of the university of north carolina at charlotte uncc and unfortunately two people were killed during this shooting on campus on tuesday and the news came out wednesday that unfortunately one of the victims riley howell 21 years old was killed but he's being held as a hero because when the man with a pistol began shooting, Hal and another student kind of were shot 
but he evidently, according to Charlotte Mecklenburg Police Chief Kerr Putney, Howell took the assailant off his feet, and the chief said that Howell did what police train people to do in active shooter situations. And the chief said, you're either going to run, you're going to hide and shield, or you're going to take the fight to the assailant. Having no place to run and hide, he did the last. But for his work, the assailant may not have been disarmed. Unfortunately, he gave his life in the process, but his sacrifice, it saved lives. The father of Howell's longtime girlfriend said news that he tackled the shooter wasn't surprising as Kevin Westmoreland, whose daughter Lauren dated Howell for nearly six years, said that Howell was athletic and compassionate and would have been a good firefighter or paramedic. But again, he and one other died when this suspect, Tristan Andrew Terrell, who's 22 years old, went into the classroom there. It was the last day of an anthropology class at UNC Charlotte, and this 22-year-old now charged with two counts of murder, four counts of attempted murder, and other charges. A very unfortunate situation at UNC Charlotte this week. Now, we know over the weekend in Sumner County, Tennessee, north of Nashville, seven people were killed there in a horrible killing, mass killing, that Michael Cummins, the suspect in the killings, did. And we now know from the medical examiner's report that the cause of death for seven people of these two rural, they were all found in two rural Tennessee homes, the cause of death included multiple blunt force injuries and some sharp force injuries. As Davidson County Medical Examiner Dr. Fing Lee said in an interview that all seven were homicide victims, there was no evidence of bullet wounds, although Cummins hinted to acquaintances before his capture that he was armed with a gun. According to an affidavit, Cummings was wearing a bloodstained shirt when he told them if anything goes down, he would get blamed for it and was saving a bullet for himself. He was 25 years old, had been on probation after serving just 16 months of a 10-year sentence for attempting to burn down a neighbor's house in 2017 and went on this killing spree again, not even with a gun, using multiple blunt force injuries and sharp force injuries to kill seven people. And now Michael Cummins behind bars in the Nashville area. I guess he would be in Gallatin since this happened in Sumner County, Tennessee, but a horrible situation. I think even his own parents were two of the seven victims there in Sumner County this week. Lawmakers in Florida have passed a bill which will allow more armed teachers. This comes from Tallahassee, and these armed teachers could carry the guns in school under a bill passed Wednesday by state lawmakers. All this comes in response to last year's mass shooting on February 14th of 2018 at Parkland High School, Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School there in Parkland, Florida. The Florida Republican-led House voted 65-47 on Wednesday to send the bill to Governor Ron DeSantis, who is expected to sign what they call a guardian program, allowing teachers to volunteer to carry a weapon if their local school district provides them the option to do that. So Florida, at least because of a passage of this law now, it could, could make a difference. I know a lot of people are against guns in the classroom, but... We'll find out what happens in Florida. Also in Tallahassee, lawmakers have passed a bill that will prohibit plastic straw bans in cities around Florida. That's kind of a a new thing that a lot of cities around the country are passing, these straw bans where you can't have a plastic straw. And, hey, I had my first drink the other day out of a paper straw. 
and it was it was disgusting to be honest with you have you tried one it, it's almost like when you suck out of a paper straw you're thinking gee this feels so weird and it it did feel weird in fact i switched up they actually had smaller straws that were plastic and i went for the kitty straw because it just it just felt better i mean it, it really has a very strange feeling or maybe the paper straw i was enjoying just wasn't quite the uh good quality paper but yeah that that's a recurring it's it's you're seeing it more and more where local jurisdictions are passing laws to where the restaurants have to serve paper straws and in florida at least 10 cities there including miami beach fort lauderdale coral gables they have already implemented a ban on plastic straws and have begun phasing them out but the state legislature says not so fast my friends we're going to try to keep that plastic straw going a little bit longer and uh for those who are against that they would say well that sucks get the pun hopefully hopefully you did well on wednesday it was may day and you would have thought maybe you were in moscow circa 1960 if you would have been around the capital in raleigh north carolina and the capital of columbia south carolina because both states had teachers protest and these states the teachers ended up wearing red and it was on may 1st which is a communist holiday and i'm not saying teachers are communists but it's a little weird they would choose may 1st to have big rallies and i know that i'm looking at a picture of the rally in north carolina and somebody's holding up a sign that says an investment in knowledge always pays the best interest with dollar sign and these teachers in both states came out in force an estimated 20,000 people marched for teachers in 2018 and then this year in raleigh i don't think the number was quite that high but it was quite a bit and i know in columbia south carolina where the teachers rallied on wednesday the estimates there were 10,000 that roughly 10,000 people came out to protest in support of teachers teachers who essentially walked off the job wednesday and went to their state capitals in north and south carolina to protest and they're looking for more funding they're looking for i think better hours and more time to prepare so we'll find out what happens i know according again to the south carolina department of public safety ten thousand people there in columbia at the state house and a lot of support coming their way i know on social media i saw a lot of people who i knew from south carolina that were teachers all in support i don't know if they walked off the job on wednesday but they were in support but again i find it a little weird isn't it a little weird they would do this on may 1st and wear red and also skip out of school i mean if they want to make a statement go do it on a saturday or do it in the middle of the summer i know in south carolina oftentimes the legislature is still in session in early june and that would be a, a good time to maybe just camp out. They wouldn't even have to do it one day. They could just stay there all the time. That's just my one pesos of information. All right. In Florida, teens stranded in the ocean. They were saved by a boat named, get this, Amen. And this comes after they had a desperate prayer for help. Tyler Smith and Heather Brown, who were students at Christ Church Academy, They've been friends since fourth grade. They were swimming off of Volano Beach, which is near St. Augustine on the Atlantic side of Florida. And they realized they might not make it back to shore. They were weak and tired from fighting waves, which it could be rough there around St. Augustine. They were in the ocean for two hours 
and about two miles offshore and they began to pray to God and cry out for help. And all of a sudden, here comes a boat named Amen, and it rescues these two. Now, that that's a great story. And even better, these two friends, they graduate May 19th from high school and both plan on serving in the military and believe this experience will help them. How about that? Right there in Florida, these two. And uh, good luck on, on all that. And what a what a prayer answered near St. Augustine. All right. A woman claimed she was shot four times in Tennessee's uh, gunfire in Tennessee. And she says that God isn't done with me yet. Now, we told you earlier this week about how in Nashville over the weekend, seven people got shot in the city. And this happened at a house party near Tennessee State University. And a woman who's identified by the Twitter Twitter handle of K underscore Nash, she put out on Twitter this week, God isn't done with me yet. And she was one of the people who claims to be wounded in this melee on over the weekend. And she said she was shot four times at this party. One of the bullets was an inch away from hitting an artery, but obviously God isn't done with me yet. And the post she put out there had been retweeted 3,600 times and had over 20,000 likes. The power of social media. I'm glad glad she's doing well. Again, her, her Twitter handle is K underscore Nash. So I assume she might go by the name K. K, you're a lucky lady. And uh, good job there surviving that. Luck's on your side. Now to a bad teacher story here on this Thursday Y'all Show. It comes to us from Lake Charles, Louisiana. A 34-year-old teacher from Sulphur, Louisiana, Deidre R. Smith, was arrested for, I hate to even tell you this, for allegedly having an inappropriate sexual relationship with one of her 10-year-old students. This comes to us from the Calcito Parish Sheriff's Office. I hope I didn't butcher that Cajun pronunciation there. She's a teacher at Lake Charles Charter Academy. And she's been arrested after allegations were lodged against her for sexual misconduct with a student. Again, a 10-year-old student there in the Lake Charles area. And this 34-year-old teacher now arrested and charged. She's bonded out on a $50,000 bond and the investigation ongoing additional charges are possible. I don't like reading these kind of stories anytime. The only reason I'm doing it today is the fact that this child that she's alleged to have an inappropriate relationship with 10 years old. Goodness gracious. We have more headlines from Dixie coming up. Don't go anywhere. We have good stuff coming that you don't want to miss out. In fact, we've got some news on Amazon prime now opening up some actual deliveries in two Alabama cities. So if you're in Alabama, that's great news for you. Little sports news. The Arkansas Razorbacks and an FCS program in that state are going to make history by playing each other for the first time in over 65 years. I have info on that. Plus, the former home of Dolly Parton in Nashville is on the market. And would you like to be the lucky guy or gal that buys it? Well, we'll have the info and details when we come back with more of y'all.
Mother's Day is next Sunday, and Pro Flowers is offering an amazing special. One dozen assorted roses for mom for $19.99. And as a special bonus, double the roses and get a premium vase for just $9.99 more. Go to proflowers.com, click on the blue microphone, and enter the secret code 6262. With fresh flowers, express delivery, and unique vases and accessories that mom will love, Pro Flowers has everything you need to get your Mother's Day shopping done for all the moms you know. Order now from Pro Flowers to get amazing savings. Just pick a delivery date and its freshness is guaranteed or your money back. One dozen assorted roses sent fresh from the farms and guaranteed to stay fresh and beautiful for at least seven days, starting at $19.99. Or double the roses and get a premium vase for just $9.99 more. Order now because Mother's Day is next Sunday. The only way to get this amazing deal is to go to proflowers.com, click on the microphone in the upper right corner, and enter the secret code 6262. That's proflowers.com, secret code 6262. We are back. This is Y'all Talk with a Southern Accent. The General talking with you here on this Thursday. Hit us up, 803-816-1170. Let's have a little fun now talking about Amazon and Whole Foods Market. They are launching something called Prime Now, which is an ultra-fast delivery service. And right now in Alabama, there's two towns that they have Prime Now available for you. It's being offered in Huntsville and the state capital of Montgomery. The service allows Amazon Prime customers to order natural and organic products from Whole Foods Market for delivery in as little as an hour. And this is not even with a drone. I guess they have actual human beings in Huntsville and Montgomery delivering these things. In Huntsville, Amazon said the goal is to cover as many Prime customers as possible. And again, it's got that special kind of stuff you can get there from whole foods and the service is also being launched in chattanooga in knoxville destin and tallahassee florida greensboro and wilmington and also jackson mississippi hey maybe the first time jackson mississippi's been a trendsetter in quite some time i don't want to pick on you jackson you're the you're the town and area i guess that brought a steinmart i think steinmart traces its history to, to jackson mississippi and it's also kind of where McAllister's deli sort of sprung up i know its roots are actually in oxford but they were based and still are as far as i know in jackson mississippi but yeah you can you can get to high tech there in the state capital of the magnolia state now so hey if you're listening to us and you're in one of those towns i just listed might be might be a fun thing to try out now a comic has won a, a first round fight in a 95 million dollar legal fight with alabama former alabama supreme court justice roy moore who again ran for senate and was beat by doug jones in a nasty nasty contest but remember the comedian sasha baron cohen well he embarrassed roy moore and and moore fired back with a lawsuit uh with against cohen as well as cbs and showtime and the comedian and the production networks were proven victorious in the first round of legal battles against moore after he filed a lawsuit in September claiming that an episode of Cohen's satirical expose series, Who is America, incorrectly portrayed him as a pedophile. And a district judge has upheld the validity of a consent agreement between the parties and ruled that a defamation case brought by Moore should be transferred to New York. A stipulation the defendants argued that 
more agreed to in the signed contract. So legalese here, don't want to get into it too much. But Judge Moore, he's taken Cohen to court. And Cohen, remember, he actually has a history of embarrassing people. He comes in and pretends to be a fake person. I remember several years ago, Ron Paul, not not Ryan Paul. No, no, no. It was Ron Paul and then Rand Paul. I'm sorry. Rand Paul Rand Paul's the son that's a senator from Kentucky. Ron Paul, the longtime congressman from Texas who ran for president. Cohen went in and totally embarrassed him at one time and and videos out there and you don't want to be the subject of one of his interviews if you can help it. Now that Stacey Abrams is not going to run for Senate in the state of Georgia in 2020, a former mayor from that state has announced that she's going to try to run for U.S. Senate. Former Columbus, Georgia Mayor Teresa Tomlinson says she's officially running for the Democratic seat in 2020, and that is interesting news. She'll be facing incumbent Georgia Republican Senator David Perdue, who in the first term has emerged as a close ally of President Donald Trump. But Tomlinson, again from Columbus, she's stepping up to be a Democratic candidate for Georgia and the Senate seat that's open in 2020. Josh Mahoney is going to challenge Tom Cotton in the state of Arkansas to his Senate seat in 2020. He is a business owner from the Fayetteville area, and he is a native Arkansan who's also a nonprofit leader. He announced his candidacy Wednesday via his Twitter account. So there's a name for you, Josh Mahoney for U.S. Senate in the state of Arkansas Cotton campaign spokesman James Arnold issued this statement about the announcement. Senator Cotton will be reelected because of his record delivering for Arkansas, including repealing the Obamacare mandate, helping secure funding for Arkansas infrastructure, and being a national leader in the fight against illegal drugs. And he went on to say more, but hey, Democratic contender there in the natural state. Now, keeping it in the natural state for some sports news for the first time in well, golly, way, way, way back since 1944, the University of Arkansas is going to play a small college in that state, the University of Arkansas Pine Bluff. And this will be the first time these two teams have met in more than 65 years when the Razorbacks host UAPB in the year 2021. And they're going to meet in 2024 as well. The games against the Golden Lions will represent the first games against an in-state school for the Gridiron Hogs. Since way back in 1944, when Arkansas defeated the University of Arkansas Monticello, then known as Arkansas A&M, beat them 41 to nothing in Fayetteville. And now UAPB and the Razorbacks getting together in 2021. And let me tell you, those hogs, they don't do too well against FCS teams. If you don't believe me, just go back in the history book to 1992, season opener, the Citadel Bulldogs 10 and the Arkansas Razorbacks, three or six, I can't remember. They lost in the opener there of the 1992 season to the Citadel Bulldogs. Way to go, dogs. All right, more football news. A great of the Baltimore Colts, 1950s era, Gino Marchetti has died at the age of 53. He was a native of Smithers, West Virginia, and attended the University of San Francisco. He was a Don before starting a 14-year NFL career during which he played all but one season for the Baltimore Colts. He was a tackle and defensive end, and he died Monday again at the age of 93. After his career, he went on to open a fast food chain called Geno's, and that chain would grow from a single burger 
to uh, Burger Joint to 469 locations before it was sold. But again, he, he played for the Colts back in the 50s and into the 60s. Gino Marchetti did at the age of 53. And if you got a little extra spending money, how about buy the original Nashville home, I think this was, for Dolly Parton. It's on the 3000 block of Glencliff Road, and it was her home for 16 years. And you can buy it now. It's a 3,200-square-foot compound known by close-knit neighbors as Dolly's House. It actually has an original shed that has an addition added on for Dolly's nieces and nephews to play in that still features the 1980s wallpaper that Dolly chose. She owned the home from 1980 to 1996, and it's about a 20-minute drive into downtown Nashville where it's located. So, hey, if you're interested, contact Rockology LLC, 615-504-1212, and you can get an in-person viewing of Dolly's home. And I know she ended up moving south of town. She's in Williamson County with a home that's probably a little bit more than 3,200 square feet, if, if I had to guess. And finally, how about this crazy story coming from Bedford, Virginia? Prosecutors say a Chevy versus Ford argument escalated and ended up with a man shooting his girlfriend and her son, Mark Edwin Turner was arrested last week after he barricaded himself in a home for more than two hours, and he was charged with malicious wounding and weapons charges. And according to prosecutors, Turner was at a family dinner when he began to argue with his girlfriend's adult son about the merits of cars made by Chevrolet versus cars made by Ford, and a fight escalated, and Turner produced a knife and then a handgun, and in the scuffle, ended up shooting his girlfriend five times and her son once. And both received serious injuries. They don't have an update on those injured, but hopefully they're doing fine. The prosecutor said Turner appeared to be heavily intoxicated. You, you think? Who's going to win that battle? Are you a Chevy or Ford person? Are you one of those renegade Dodge fans? <laughs> All right. Well, when we come back on y'all, we're going to switch to talking about Memphis and May. Robert Griffin is the vice president of marketing for Memphis and May, and he's going to be standing by in the bluff city of Memphis, Tennessee as our Festive South feature is next. Hi, I'm Paul. I know what you're thinking. Oh, great. Another wireless ad. I know how you feel. And it seems like they're always full of this complicated, tricky language about their networks and offers and blah, blah, blah. Well, Sprint is going to do things differently and let you decide for yourself with their new 100% total satisfaction guarantee. Try it for 30 days, love it, or your money back. See? Simple. Now get both Sprint's unlimited plan and the iPhone XR with its amazing camera included for just $35 a month per line for five lines. So switch now. Visit your local Sprint store, Sprint.com, or call 800-SPRINT-1 today. 30-day guarantee with new line of service. iPhone XR, 64 gigabyte, $15 a month after $16.25 a month credit for 18 months credit applied within two bills. If canceled early, remaining balance due. Unlimited basic after 630.20, pay $32 a month per line with auto pay. Data deprioritization during congestion. Coverage and offer not available everywhere. Speed maximums, use rules, $30 activation fee, and restrictions apply. I can't believe it. That Philip brought his little brother on our mission into orbit. How long until we get there? How long until we get there? How long until we get there? No, I can't believe how easy it was to save hundreds of dollars on my car insurance with GEICO. What's this button do? What's this button do? What's this button do? 
What's this button? Don't don't touch that. Believe it. Geico could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Put on my blue suede shoes and I boarded the plane. Touchdown in the land of the Delta Blues in the middle of a pouring rain. WC Handy, won't you look down over me? Cause I've got a first class ticket and I'm blue as a boy can be. Walking in Memphis, walking with my feet in You know, you just can't get tired of hearing that tune right there. And when you hear Walking in Memphis, well, you might want to just try to find out more about the Bluff City. Welcome back to Y'all Talk with a Southern Accent with John Rawl. And hey, there's something really big going on now that we've turned the calendar to the month of May in the Bluff City of Memphis, Tennessee. And we're going to welcome in Robert Griffin now. He's the Vice President of Marketing for the Memphis in May International Festival and he's now coming on in our Festive South feature. Welcome into the Y'all Show, Robert. Thank you so much. It's my pleasure to be here. I'm excited to be on with you guys and have a chance to talk about all the events that we've got going on in the month of May. Well, please never say the words you guys again. Okay, Robert? <laughs> you got it. I am a fan of y'all. In fact, I've, I've, I get accused of using it too often in my emails. So I'm trying to you know, wean myself, depending on my audience. So this is the perfect audience for me to start using that again. So thank you for the opportunity. All right. You're quite welcome. Now, for the folks that we're listening to us, let's say in the Mid-South area, West Tennessee, North Mississippi, and over in Arkansas as well, they're kind of familiar with Memphis and May. This has been going on a long time. And again, this isn't just your typical festival. As we said, this is called an international festival, and it's a month-long event. So if you don't mind, kind of give us an idea of what makes Memphis and May slightly different than the ordinary run-of-the-mill festival going on around the South. Sure. Well, as you mentioned, it's it's more than just a simple weekend festival where a few folks get together and celebrate something. It is a month-long event, and so that means for the entire month of May, we've got something going on around the city of Memphis. The first weekend is the Beale Street Music Festival, uh, May 3 through 5 this year, and uh, this is it's one of the biggest events of the year as far as a, any festival's calendar. We actually were named one of the top 300 festivals in the world uh, last year. And this year we've got art artists like, uh, Dave Matthews band, the killers, uh, Cardi B, Khalid, um, the, the, uh, uh, just G easy, Gary Clark, Jr. One Republic shine down. So a lot of great national artists that are playing, but one of the cool things about it is the fact that this year is the Memphis bicentennial. So we wanted to make a, a special focus on Memphis in each of our events. And so for the Beale Street Music Festival, we've got nearly 40% of our artists lineup either comes from Memphis or has Memphis heritage where they recorded their entire careers here. For example, like William Bell was a Stax music legend. He recorded his entire career at Stax Records in Memphis. And even though he lives in Atlanta, he's coming back to Memphis to help play again here at Beale Street Music Festival. So that's just a cool aspect of Beale Street um, that we have that first weekend of May. And that's coming up this very weekend. That's it. it, Is it too late to get tickets for that? Almost. Only because we have a few left, as in 
I think yesterday we had fewer than two dozen VIP passes left and our single day tickets and three day passes are getting very close to being gone. So don't wait. If you're thinking about coming for this weekend, make sure that you take advantage of that and get those tickets at eventbrite.com because they are going extremely quickly. I wouldn't be surprised. Last year we sold out Sunday. I wouldn't be surprised if we had another occasion like that again this year. So don't wait. If you're thinking about doing it, do it now because they won't be around much longer. Now, you know, the next – I'm sorry, go ahead. Uh, the, this Bill Street Music Festival, is that centered in Tom Lee Park overlooking the Mississippi River? You got it. Three stages and a blues tent all in Tom Lee Park. It's 26-acre park overlooking the Mississippi right there in the heart of downtown Memphis. So you got downtown Memphis skyline on one side and the Mississippi River on the other side. You know, Memphis has got such a great musical heritage that a lot of these artists – uh, look forward to the opportunity to play in Memphis just because it's kind of got that, like you mentioned with the walking in Memphis song, it's kind of got that magical musical feel about it where, you know, with artists and the, the history of the blues, the history of rock and roll in this town. And they are looking forward to playing in Memphis, but then also the setting of being in Tom Lee park with the Mississippi river on one side of the stage that they're performing on the sun setting over it, the crowd going mad in front of them and the downtown skyline off to the other side. It's just a unique setting that they can't find somewhere else. So a lot of these guys come back to play again just because they enjoy the opportunity of being in Memphis so much. You know, and then after Beale Street Music Festival, two weeks later, we've got the World Championship Barbecue Cooking Contest. Oh, yeah. You're talking exactly. my language now here. That, same here. This is my favorite event because, you know, talk about Southern culture, Southern cuisine at its finest. We've got 250 team spaces in Tom Lee Park for this event. And we attract teams from all over the world. Last year, we had 26 states represented and six foreign countries. So you got teams coming from as far away this year as uh, Norway, Australia, Japan, the United Kingdom. So all of these teams are coming to Memphis to compete for that world championship. And, you know, again, with that focus on Memphis, each year we typically attract or we typically invite a team from the honored country. We always uh, salute the culture and history of a country each year as part of the international aspect of our festival. And this year with the Bicentennial, we decided to salute the culture and history of the city of Memphis. Well, what do we do for an international team at the World Championship Barbecue Cooking Contest when we're saluting Memphis? We kind of talked amongst ourselves and reached out to a couple of local barbecue restaurants since Memphis itself is known so well for barbecue. And we've put together a team of Memphis All-Stars, some pit masters from local barbecue restaurants who kind of join together to make a local Memphis team that's going to compete against the world at the World Championship Barbecue Cooking Contest. So we're excited about that opportunity as well. Now, what you're you're talking about there is if you've ever been to the barbecue event there in Memphis, y'all normally have a country you salute each year. You're saying this year that country is the country of Memphis? You got it. It's the country of Memphis because we let's let's be honest. We got our own unique culture and cuisine. So I think we kind of qualify, you know. So, yeah, we've got a team of uh, barbecue all stars from Memphis who are going to be competing on the world stage at the World Championship Barbecue Cooking Contest. So it's a unique opportunity for us to have these guys. You know, it's uh, I'm trying to think it's the hog wild um, catering team who are really well known. They have their own team that competes every year. Uh, we've got a couple of pit masters from hog wild that's going to be competing. We've got a couple of pit masters from uh, Crutchfields who uh, uh, this guy from Crutchfields has also competed on the Food Network in a barbecue category previously. So he's going to be competing against the rest of the world in Tom Lee Park. So it's a unique opportunity for us to kind of highlight Memphis's cuisine and its contributions to global cuisine through barbecue. 
We're talking with Robert Griffin. He is the Vice President of Marketing with the Memphis in May International Festival. You can go to the website memphisinmay.org to learn a whole lot more about what's going on in the city of Memphis throughout the month of May. Our number here on the Y'all Show, 803-816-1170. You can call or text that with a question or comment anytime. And I've got a text here, Robert, that I want to share with you and see if you can help answer Mallory's question. She says, are you going to build a dome over the city of Memphis every time I'm there for the Bill Street Music Fest? It rains. <laughs> I know it. But the funny thing is our events go on rain or shine. Okay. I wish we could. But you know, the only thing that prevents us from uh, having our events is the uh, is lightning. Anytime there's lightning in the area, obviously, since we're in a wide open field, that's not good for public safety. So if there's lightning in the area, we do evacuate the park. But that's only happened, I think, three times in the last 20 years. So uh, we we do have our events, whether it's rain or shine. And I think there's a chance of rain this weekend, but it doesn't look like it's going to be a washout. So I'd encourage you to come on down. We um, we always tell people, you know, some of those Memphis and May veterans who've done this so many years in a row, they already have their cute little rain boots picked out, which ones they're going to wear. You got the guys wearing their duck boots. <laughs> so, you know, everybody's prepared for whatever the situation is going to bring. And, you know, bring a poncho. Um, don't bring an umbrella. Is That's just my personal advice because an umbrella is just one more thing you got to carry around. A poncho, you can wad it up and stuff it in a pocket or, you know, in a bag or something. But, a, you know, an umbrella is just one more thing you got to lug around with you. And it, the umbrellas have to be small in order to get through the security checkpoints because we don't want somebody popping open a big golf umbrella right in front of somebody as, as they're trying to watch their favorite artist. So just bring a poncho. It makes it easy. And that way, you know, if you get tired of it, you get rid of it. Yeah. No loss there, you know. It sounds like you know what you're talking about there, and I would hope you would with the Memphis and May. Like, right. Every year, it seems like it rains at some point during the event, and if if nothing else, it's kind of muddy out there at Tom Lee Park, but hey, enjoy it. Would you rather have this in May and have a little bit of rain and mud, perhaps, or be in the middle of December and it be freezing cold where you wouldn't even be having this contest and all this That's stuff? That's right. That's exactly right, and it's a, it's a great setting regardless, and the the cool thing is even if it does rain, that wind coming off the river kind of dries things out relatively quickly. So we've okay. had some showers that come over, and within an hour or two, it's dried back up because of that nice breeze that's coming off the water. So it's it's a it's a setting and an opportunity with, for these concerts and the barbecue contest that you just don't want to miss because of a couple of rain showers. It's spring in the south, and that's what we're you know you got to kind of expect that. All right, Robert, we want to ask for folks traveling Interstate 40 or Interstate 55 to get to Memphis. Where can they end up parking to attend the Memphis in May Festival? There are a number of paid lots uh, and garages throughout downtown. Look for those. But the other thing I'd keep in mind, too, if, you, uh, if you're staying at one of the hotels, uh, park in the hotel lot and take a Lyft, okay. you know, Lyft or Uber, because we've got uh, we actually have a partnership with Lyft where um, they have a lift lounge right outside each of our gates at the north end of the park or the south end of the park at Georgia and Riverside. And uh, you can hang out at the lift lounge while you wait for your ride to show up. There's chairs for you to sit in and relax. I think one of them even has a charging station so you can charge your phone while you wait for your ride. So lift is a great opportunity so that way you don't have to deal with the hassle of parking. And even if you're local, Catch a lift from your neighborhood to come down to the Beale Street Music Festival or World Championship Barbecue Cooking Contest. Instead of having to deal with parking and deal with all the traffic, let your lift driver have to deal with that stuff. And that way, it's it's convenient. They drop you off right at the gate, and you're on into the event either way. That's kind of what I would recommend. But there are a number of paid lots and paid garages throughout downtown. Or try to find a spot on the street that you can park at because there's a lot of those spaces that are still available too. 
Now, one of the cool things about Memphis, there's a lot of great things, but one of the unusual things about the city of Memphis is you have the trolley cars. Do you know if you have those up and running for this Bill Street Music Festival this weekend? Absolutely. And the local transit authority is excited that they, that we do have the trolleys that are running up and down Main Street the entire weekend. They've actually got extended hours okay. to accommodate the patrons that are coming to our weekend events. So look for those trolley cars. It's a great way to get back and forth up and down downtown uh, along the Main Street line, whether you're going from Beale Street down to the convention center, uh, north or south, down up or down Main Street, take those trolley cars because it is a convenient and unique opportunity to transit around Memphis that you don't really find in other cities. So it's uh, we're excited those are back online. They came back on last uh, last year in okay. time for the Memphis and May events. So they are functional, and it's it's just a cool added feature of Memphis culture. Is the one running east toward Madison on Madison? Is that working at all? That one's yeah, that one's not up yet. Okay, that one's coming. I think they're adding cars each uh, every couple months. They're adding a new fleet of uh, trolley cars, so that one should be coming on soon. But right now they have the Main Street one on because that was the most popular. Yeah, well, let me tell you, you don't want to be walking from Bill Street to the convention center if you can help it get on that trolley it's a long and sometimes extremely windy especially in the winter months when i had to go see (laughs) something kind of i went to an elvis tribute concert many years ago and uh, i don't think i've ever been colder in my entire life robert walking up (laughs) walking up uh, whatever that is main street going to the convention center it was it was brutal now memphis in may it's the bill street music festival this weekend it's your world championship barbecue cooking contest may 15th through the 18th but that's not all you also have the great american river run taking place on may 25th what's that all about yeah we started that about three years ago actually this will be the fourth year excuse me so this is the fourth year of that one and it is the um it's it's a half marathon and a 5k and this the course starts and ends in tomley park where most of our events are held and it runs throughout downtown memphis through the south main arts district uh you'll pass the orpheum theater you'll pass uh you'll run down beale street you'll pass the sun studios st jude if you're running the half marathon course you'll pass through the st jude campus you'll pass you'll go along mud island and then one of the unique features if you're a runner you know how if you get part of the way through the race and you're just starting to run out of inspiration, run out of steam, and you're just tired at this point. One of the things that we added, there's a, there's a, it's the A.W. Willis Bridge from Mud Island back over into downtown Memphis. And it's a pretty steep bridge, let's be honest. So we decided to give people a little extra inspiration to get over that bridge. We added $500 to the fastest guy or girl, guy and girl, excuse me who can run that bridge so you may just trot along for the first 10 miles but as soon as you get to that bridge take off in a dead sprint and you could have 500 dollars in your pocket at the end of the race you don't even have to win the race two years ago we had a guy who did it the girl that finished in first place was actually the queen of the hill the guy that finished in first place did not get the king of the hill the guy that got king of the hill and won 500 dollars, he actually finished number 457 but he took home 500 bucks because he was a sprinter and he kind of coasted through most of the race. And when he got to that bridge, he took off at a dead sprint to the top of that hill and got 500 bucks for it. He beat the number one guy by four seconds. Man. So he, yeah, crazy that he's got $500 just for running that bridge. So it's a cool opportunity to see downtown Memphis. It's a great race course. If you're a runner, this is a good opportunity to come down and see Memphis and see some of the highlights, see some of the tourist attractions that we're famous for. 
Yeah. And, you know, the, your race registration helps benefit Memphis and May, which is a nonprofit because of all the different cultural and educational programs that Memphis and May provides. And most people don't realize that. They, they think of the Beale Street Music Festival. They think of the World Championship Barbecue Cooking Contest. They don't know about the education programs that we provide, like a student exchange program when we are honoring a country. We'll send a group of Memphis area students to that country to study and then bring a group of the students from that country to Memphis to study in local schools here. So things like that that Memphis and May is proud of, having cultural shows throughout the city, art exhibits throughout the city that you can learn more about our honored country each year. Those things are are what Memphis and May is all about on the face of it. These other events help support those education and international outreach programs. Wrapping up with Robert Griffin of Memphis and May. Of course, Memphis and May going on now throughout the entire month of may and you kind of touched on it you are a non-profit if if someone asks you well who owns memphis in may are you an arm of the tourism department of memphis or or how does that work we're not and so many people think that we're a division of the city of memphis or maybe a division of the convention visitors bureau as you mentioned and no we're actually just a non-profit we were formed in 1977 and we actually kind of spun off from the Memphis Chamber because the Memphis in May name was just kind of an umbrella for some events that happened in May that the Memphis Chamber of Commerce was associated with. And then as it started to grow, it took on its own entity and incorporated it as its own nonprofit organization in 1977. And that's where the Beale Street Music Festival came out of. That's And then a year later, 1978, came the World Championship Barbecue Cooking Contest. And then just three years ago, as I mentioned, was the Great American River Run. And then this year, the unique feature is the Celebrate Memphis event, which, as we mentioned, normally we are saluting a country, and those cultural events go throughout the month. This year, we're saluting the city of Memphis and its cultural. And so we've got those cultural events um, saluting Memphis's art uh, ask the art artists, or the local artists that are going to be having displays, um, exhibits on display at various libraries and galleries around the city of Memphis, plus cultural shows at the Orpheum Theater that highlight some of the musical talent of the city of Memphis. So uh, things like that that are on display throughout the entire month celebrating Memphis. And then the, on, on May 25th, after that Great American River Run, is the Celebrate Memphis event in Tom Lee Park. Kind of a cool aspect to that is that we are going to make an attempt at the Guinness World Record for the world's longest picnic table. Ah. Crazy. But, we, you know, th- if you think about the symbolism, this table is 1,332 feet long, so over three football fields long. And the symbolism is that you have every community from Memphis who can come together around one table and enjoy a meal together, which is kind of a great idea now that we've got – you see so much division among communities everywhere. Mm-hmm. To be able to unite everyone around one table, around one event – celebrating the city that we all have in common please so please it's, it's, tell me you're going to have barbecue served at that picnic table we're there there's going to be barbecue guys on site and it's nothing but local uh food vendors okay. that are going to be at the celebrate memphis event and yes we've got barbecue that's going to be on site absolutely central barbecue is going to be one of our vendors too of course the memphis and food kind of go together when you were talking about the great american river run heading up around the saint jude area maybe you can make a pit stop into westies and get some of their brown rice that's right. <laughs> That's one of the true American uh, venues there, Westies, and of course all the other great places. Absolutely, too many to rattle off here with Robert. But 
Memphis, a very unique and, and special town in the southeast with a lot of history. And again, this is the bicentennial of the city of Memphis. And we are excited that Memphis in May is upon us. It all begins on Friday. It's the Bill Street Music Festival going on all weekend long, followed by the World Championship Barbecue Cooking Contest, May 15th through the 18th. And then you got the Great American River Run on May 25th. And for more info, go to memphisinmay.org and get your tickets and show up in the Bluff City. And again, Robert, thank you very much for coming on. Robert Griffin with the Memphis in May. He's the Vice President of Market, and he has been our special guest here in our Festive South feature. Thank you, sir. Thank you. All right. More of the Y'all Show will continue in Hour 2. We've got the SEC Spotlight. We also have an insider's look at this weekend's Kentucky Derby. If you can't make it to Memphis, well, I guess you could kind of downgrade and go to louisville for the running of the kentucky derby if you can't make it to memphis either way you'll be a winner thank you we'll be right back with more of the y'all show Mother's Day is next Sunday, and Pro Flowers is offering an amazing special. One dozen assorted roses for mom for $19.99. And as a special bonus, double the roses and get a premium vase for just $9.99 more. Go to proflowers.com, click on the blue microphone, and enter the secret code 6262. With fresh flowers, express delivery, and unique vases and accessories that mom will love, Pro Flowers has everything you need to get your Mother's Day shopping done for all the moms you know. Order now from Pro Flowers to get amazing savings. Just pick a delivery date and its freshness is guaranteed or your money back. One dozen assorted roses sent fresh from the farms and guaranteed to stay fresh and beautiful for at least seven days, starting at $19.99. Or double the roses and get a premium vase for just $9.99 more. Order now because Mother's Day is next Sunday. Sunday. The only way to get this amazing deal is to go to proflowers.com, click on the microphone in the upper right corner, and enter the secret code 6262. That's proflowers.com, secret code 6262. And now, a quick comparison from Grasshopper. When you're always on the go, what would you prefer? An office phone system? Hey, it's Rochelle. Sorry I missed you earlier, had an errand to run, but I'm back in the office, so give me a call when you get this. Or one that works on your cell phone. No hardware needed, courtesy of Grasshopper. Oh, one sec. It's a business call. Hi, this is Rochelle with WayForward Partners. How can I help? There's no contest. Put your best voice forward with Grasshopper, the virtual phone system for small business. Try it free at grasshopper.com. Text and whatever. Just don't text and drive. Visit stoptextsstoprex.org. A message from the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Thanks for being with us. This is the Y'all Show as we continue on with another hour of all Southern talk with John Rawl, your commander of the ship. Hey, stay with us in just a few minutes here on the Y'all Show. We're going to welcome in Clark Shelton from y'all.com. And Clark is going to get us ready for Saturday's running of the Kentucky Derby. It's the 145th Kentucky Derby from Churchill Downs in Louisville, Kentucky. And Clark, who actually has a background working in thoroughbred racing, is going to be our special guest and get you ready for the big race. Now, we will tell you one small change, which was really not a small change. It's a big freaking change. On Wednesday, the favored horse in this race, Omaha Beach, had to back out of the Kentucky Derby. And another horse is filling in that open gate there. And that's really changed up a lot of people's prediction for 
this running of the Kentucky Derby. But we'll get Clark's latest projection of the Kentucky Derby, plus some other fun stuff at y'all.com, getting ready for the running of the Kentucky Derby. You'd, you don't want to miss that great discussion coming up with Clark in just a few minutes. And then as we conclude this hour of the Y'all Show, we've got the SEC Spotlight. little info in terms of SEC football, basketball, college baseball. We even have some SEC tennis news to pass along as this is the weekend where a whole bunch of SEC teams, both men and women's college tennis teams, all start their journey for an NCAA national championship. So we'll have that information. So we'll serve it up. Tennis anyone? All that coming up in just a few minutes here as we close out today's Y'all Show. Hey, our number, 803-816-1170. You can call. You can text. We welcome your input here in class. In fact, we welcome your input for any kind of good book that you think we ought to feature or at least plug in any way. If you're an author or know an author that would be a great interview, we want to hear from you. In fact, next week, not not today, but next Thursday, when we have our buy the book feature here on y'all, we're going to have a guy come on. I don't want to tell you a whole lot about it, but he has a book that's just come out. It's all about the South and Nats. That would be G-N-A-T. Yeah, Nats. There's some places in the South that have a problem with Nats. They're, they're really a pest. And our special guest on next Thursday's edition of Buy the Book is going to tell us all about his new book, which is out on Mercer University Press. And so we're going to have a fun time with that. Again, tease. I'm not going to tell you much more about it. You're going to have to tune in next week for the interview. That's all coming up on y'all next week but right now let's start our buy the book for this week and we're going to look at the new york times bestsellers what's going on in all the different categories on nyt nytimes.com well in hardcover nonfiction, boy i'm going to have to become a first lady because i'm going to follow the the lead that michelle obama has followed and she has a book called becoming it's been number one for 24 weeks on the New York Times hardcover nonfiction category. As the former first lady describes how she balanced work, family, and her husband's political ascent, Michelle Obama, she's at number one hardcover nonfiction with Becoming. Educated is number two. It's been on the list for 62 weeks. That's more than a year, in case you need a little refresher math course. This is written by Tara Westover. It's about the daughter of survivalists who leaves home for college educated it's number two on the hardcover nonfiction. melinda gates that would be bill's wife she's penned the book the moment of lift it's brand new this week it comes in at number three the philanthropist shares stories of empowering women to improve society melinda gates the moment of lift this book's only been out a couple of weeks now it's called the second mountain by author david brooks and he's a New York Times op-ed columnist, and he espouses having an outward focus to attain a meaningful life. The Second Mountain from David Brooks. Now, Chelsea Handler, the so-called comedian, I haven't seen her on TV lately. Of course, I may not have the channel on my TV set that you find Chelsea Handler on these days, but she's been on the New York Times best-selling list for about three weeks with Life Will Be the Death of Me. That's a funny title. And the comedian chronicles going into therapy and becoming an advocate for change. Well, no wonder I haven't heard from Chelsea Handler. If indeed she did go into therapy, that, that kind of explains it all right there. A book that's brand new this week. 
from author Graham Hancock, America Before, and the author of Magicians of the Gods, makes his case against the origins of civilizations. That sounds like a very deep book. Graham Hancock and America Before, the key to Earth's lost civilization. Heavy reading there, as I said. Lori Gottlieb has a book out that's been out for a month now on the New York Times bestselling list. It's called Maybe You Should Talk to Someone. A Psychotherapist Gains Unexpected Insights When She Becomes Another Therapist Patient. Whoa, that's a little bit of a twist there from Laurie Gottlieb. Number eight on the New York Times hardcover nonfiction list is from Susan Page, The Matriarch, the biography of the former First Lady Barbara Bush. That would be George H.W. Bush's wife. Of course, she passed away just like her husband in 2018. And this book is based on interviews and her private diaries. Very timely. The Matriarch from Susan Page. Nanaville. <laughs> this is a good book. I wonder if this was written by someone from the South. I'm going to have to do some research. Anna Quinlan wrote this book, and it's called Nanaville. Now, take a guess. What do you think Nanaville is all about out on Random House? <laughs> this Pulitzer Prize winning columnist, Anna Quinlan, observes the joys of being a grandmother. And uh, all you grannies out there and memes and all the other funny names that you have, we love our grandmas. I, I don't know too many people who, you know, you usually get two grandmothers if you're a kid. And usually both grandmothers are pretty darn special for every kid out there. And that's something we don't think about too often. We live in a world that's pretty hard at times. But if you need a good memory and something you hadn't thought of lately, think of maybe something you did with not just one, but both of your grannies, both of your mimis, both of your nanas, or whatever you call them. I, I, I think they are one of the greatest inventions ever. Not mothers, but, but, but grandmothers. Because it's like uh, grandpas are pretty special too, by the way. Uh, but grandmothers are just just so loving and they just evoke love all the time where your mama now she might get on to you but but granny oh you're, you're perfect now that's not the case with all of them and i know in my own experience my paternal grandmother had five grandchildren and i'll just go ahead and tell you i was her favorite now there was a reason for that i paid attention to her and that's why a lot of kids maybe aren't as close to their grandparents like they should because they don't pay, an attif- pay attention. I, I had my own siblings didn't come close to paying attention to my grandmother. Now, one reason I I know y'all all, if you're a grandmother or grandparent, you probably have a little trick to help kind of define that love even more. But you know what was a little subtle sneaky thing my grandmother and grandfather when he was alive did for us grandchildren (laughs) they had bottled cokes in the refrigerator at all times and so every time i went to ma's house to see ma and or daddy-o i had me a bottled coke and it was the greatest thing and cokes will never taste as good even in a bottle they won't have that memory for me like they did going to ma's house having that bottle coke and you know what i bet you somewhere out there you have similar memories of your own 
Again, not just one grandparent, but go, both grandparents. And we thank Anna Quinlan for getting that. We got Mother's Day coming up real soon. I think it's next Sunday. Perfect book, perhaps. Go out, go, go get that thing at your local bookstore right now. Nanaville from Anna Quinlan. How about that? Pete Buttigieg. He's running for president. He's got a book that's right now on the top 10 list of New York Times hardcover nonfiction category. Shortest Way Home. This is the mayor of South Bend, Indiana, and it's a memoir as he's the first openly gay Democratic candidate to run for president of the United States. Well, I don't even know of a first openly gay Republican candidate. That's how this is billed here in the information coming from the New York Times. But uh, maybe the Republicans had an openly gay. Actually, let me tell you an amazing story. This is amazing. One of the things we like to talk about here on the Y'all Show, and I, I'm sorry, sometimes I, I may end up uh, winding in my thought process, but this is this is amazing stuff that I might have to quickly tell you about because we got other things to get to. Here's the name: William Rufus Devane King. Does that name ring a bell? William R. King. Well, you don't know him because. He died in 1853, but old William was actually our nation's 13th vice president. He served in the Franklin Pierce administration. And why am I telling you about this guy today on the y'all show? Well, because he's alleged to have been gay. Yeah, he was a native of North Carolina, ended up going to Alabama before uh, well, he died before the Civil War. He moved to Alabama somewhere in the 1830s or 40s. Moved to Selma, Alabama, to be exact, and had a lot of slaves. Was very rich, and he was in the Democratic Party actually, and uh, was an alumnus of the University of North Carolina Chapel Hill. But moved from North Carolina to Alabama when that state was first getting settled in the 1820s, and. Again, he was the vice president, but allegedly was gay. In fact, you're not going to believe this. A lot of biographies say that his lover was James Buchanan, the 15th president of the United States. These two shared a Washington, D.C. boarding house for years. For 13 years, they lived together. And in fact, they called their relationship a communion as they went to a lot of functions together. And Andrew Jackson, old hickory, he he mockingly called the two Miss Fancy and Aunt Fancy. And I'm I don't know how I got I got I was talking about Mayor Buttigieg being a Democratic guy. Well I guess this uh, King ran for vice president and he was gay, supposedly. No proof, can't prove it, but that was the common thought way back then. I bet you didn't know that we had a Southerner alleged to be the first gay vice president. Now, this guy has an interesting legacy. He died about, I think it was a month or two into office as vice president. In fact, he was sworn in his vice president's role. He was sworn in in Havana, Cuba, because he was in such poor health. And he, he had all kinds of health problems and again he died april of 1853 within i think a month or so after taking the oath of office as 
our nation's 13th vice president, William R. King is who I'm talking about. And uh, he is the third vice president to die in office at that time. And he was the only U.S. vice president from the state of Alabama, Alabama to, and held the highest political office of any Alabamian in American history. That's still the case. William R. King is the only Alabamian to ever ascend to vice president and or president. And he died of tuberculosis. 45 days in the office is when he died. And a guy named John C. Breckinridge ascended, who was from the South as well, to take over the role of vice president. But only, I think, after Franklin Pierce left office. I think when King died, there was no vice president, and Breckinridge took over later when a new presidency was around. I think I'm right on that. Now, one weird story about William R. King if you know anything about Seattle, Washington, that's in King County, and that was named after William R. King. Now, the funny thing is, a couple of years ago, the liberals in Seattle, they just this was years ago. This is like early 2000s. They decided to rename King County, not in his honor, but in Martin Luther King Jr.'s honor. In fact, the logo for King County, Washington, is a picture of Martin Luther King Jr. So they flushed William Rufus Devane King down the toilet for Georgia boy Martin Luther King Jr. But there's your William R. King story. And I brought him up today because I was talking about Mayor Pete Buttigieg. And I mean no disrespect when I give him this nickname. But every time you see something about him, it's always about him being gay. And he's a mayor. So I'm giving old Pete the nickname, not Mayor Pete, but Gayer Pete because as far as I know, he's the gayest person running for president right now. There might be others, but for right now, he's running. And again, I'm always telling you this because every time you see an interview, every time you see anything written about Pete Buttigieg, he is gay. And okay, we know that. And his book out right now, whether you like gays or maybe not the biggest fan, it's probably a darn good read. It's called Shortest Way Home from Pete Buttigieg, who's, again, very, very smart. I think he's a Rhodes Scholar, and served in our country in the military in Afghanistan. I think he was in the Navy. Pete Buttigieg, Shortest Way Home. All right, let me wrap up the rest of these books here on the list. Bad Blood, it's out right now, about the rise and fall of the biotech startup Theranos. Save Me the Plums, that's a hardcover nonfiction book out right now, a memoir by the former restaurant critic of the New York Times. Working by Robert Caro, it's a Pulitzer Prize-winning biographer, who shares insights into his craft, Robert Cairo. And I know y'all probably have seen Robert on television before. Ben Shapiro, he's that guy that's also always on Fox and very conservative uh, pundit. And he's a conservative political commentator who's reflecting upon what he considers most impactful to Western civilization, the right side of history from Ben Shapiro. And then finally, at number 15 on the New York Times nonfiction hardcover books, K, just a simple letter or letter K, the national baseball writer for the New York Times lobs the folklore behind 10 types of pitches. Tyler Kepner writes this on Doubleday, which, funny thing, Abner Doubleday was one of the founders of baseball, supposedly. This book is out on Doubleday Books, Tyler Kepner, and K, which, if you know anything about the sport of baseball, that indicates a strikeout. And this book is all about the 
10 types of pitches. I had no idea there were that many, but according to Kepner, you can find that in the sport of baseball. Well, we're going to go to the sport of horse racing in the next segment. Clark Shelton is stopping by to help you get ready for Saturday's running of the Kentucky Derby. You don't want to miss it. A cow whose milk became everyone's favorite cheese at the craft fair. But cheese only lasts so long. The impression a small business makes needs to last much longer. That's why Vistaprint is offering 500 truly personalized business cards starting at $9.99. Choose from hundreds of fresh designs tailored to your type of company. Or upload your own. The choice is yours. The time is now. Get 500 business cards starting at $9.99 with promo code 1717. That's promo code 1717 at vistaprint.com. Vistaprint. Own the now. And now, a quick comparison from Grasshopper. When picking a phone number for business, what sounds more professional? Your personal number? Uh, hold on, let me give you my cell. And uh, actually, let me get yours too, just so I don't ignore your call, you know? Or a dedicated business number, courtesy of Grasshopper. It was a pleasure meeting you. Our number is 1-833-IT-TROOP. Give us a call anytime. There's no contest. Put your best voice forward with Grasshopper, the virtual phone system for small business. Try it free at grasshopper.com. It's the first weekend in the month of May coming up, and we're excited here on the Y'all Show. Welcome back to the All Southern Program with your narrator, John Rawl. And we are bringing on a very special guest now as we get ready for the 145th running of the Kentucky Derby from Churchill Downs in Louisville, Clark Shelton. He works with us here at y'all.com. And on the Y'all Show, and he is more than just a Y'all guy. He's kind of a horse guy. And, Clark, thank you for taking some time out to join us here today. Well, I, I, I'm honored to be a part of the show, and, and we'll see just how much or how little I actually know before it's all said and done. All right. But I love Derby Weekend, man. Yeah, well, it, give give the audience – we're glad to have you on the Y'all team, but prior to joining the Y'all team, Clark, you actually spent a long time in the sport of racing horses – what exactly have you done? Well, I, I caught the bug back in the 70s and a little horse called Secretariat's the first one I remember. Um, I, I remembered him winning the Belmont, and it was the most amazing thing still to this day I think I've ever seen as far as horse racing goes. And my grandmother from California moved to Arkansas and brought some thoroughbreds with her, and my dad and I got in, dad and her got into the breeding business a little bit. Um, we used to make trips to Oakland Park. I was born and raised in Arkansas. And uh, my math teacher, my algebra teacher, was the one that taught me how to read a racing form. And uh, we rolled into the 80s, and I decided this is what I wanted to do for a living. So I hitchhiked up to New York and uh, got a job on a small track in upstate New York called Figure Lakes. 
started as a hot walker and then I was a groom and an exercise boy and I ended up working for uh, Woody Stevens and the Chief Allen Jerkins and traveled the country and and uh, I spent most of the 80s doing that and uh, it was fun and there are a lot of interesting stories and some that I will not be able to tell on here at all. <laughs> And uh, most of them I'm fortunate enough to still remember, but I still got the bug. I still love this time of year. I get excited about it every year. All right. Well, I know the Kentucky Derby, at least in the South, is kind of the marquee race really throughout the country, but especially here in the South. But you actually don't just show up in Louisville for the Kentucky Derby if you're a racehorse. You actually have to go through some other races to get there. And Clark, what are the big races prior to the Kentucky Derby that happen here in the South that our audience may or may not be familiar with? Well, I mean, you, you, you've got some of the traditional that have been around here forever, the Florida Derby. Okay. is always kind of that first three-year-old look that they get. It's done different now than it's been done in the past. Now you have to race in races and gain points. And if you are if you're the top 20 horses by points, then you make the field. Now there are two also eligibles in case somebody decides to scratch because of the weather or whatever this weekend. But everything's based on a point system. So the Florida Derby, I think, was like worth 40 points. Um, to the winner and then second place, everybody gets a certain amount of points depending upon where they place. They can go run in the bluegrass. Uh, the Arkansas Derby's turned out American Pharaoh, you know, three years ago, four years ago when that was. Um, you got, uh, you, those classic Keeneland, almost anything that runs in that 30 day meet at Keeneland leads up to the Derby. It's kind of one of the places where, uh, a lot of horses do that quote unquote final prep race before they head over to Churchill Downs. Um, you know, for me, Hialeah, uh, Gulfstream Park or classic racetracks, Oakland Park, classic racetrack, Keeneland, classic racetracks in the South. But, you know, and this year with what happened in Santa Anita, they actually had to close that track down for a couple of weeks. And a lot of the California horses came to Arkansas. They, they actually basically held a couple of the Santa Anita stakes races at Arkansas in separate stages. So those horses would have an opportunity to qualify. Well, a lot of people... Which is not- how Bobby Baffert got three horses in the Derby. Ah, okay. Well, again, Kentucky Derby is the, the granddaddy of them all, but there's actually a race prior to the Derby called the Kentucky Oaks, which is a one and, yep. what is that, one and an eighth mile race? It's a mile and an eighth, and it's for the girls. It's for the three-year-old girls, and it's the premier race. It's kind of their Kentucky Derby. Okay. Um, it's, it's, it's a breast cancer. Everybody will be dressed in pink on that Friday. Um, it's all about the girls that day. The stage races are, are bounded around the girls. Um, it's, it's their highlight. Um, it's a, uh, it's a been, I think they're running 130 something years now, but it's a pretty big race. I, it's, uh, there's one horse in there that kind of stands out to me from the rest. They had to qualify just like the boys did. So they had to go through. So it's the best of the best this weekend. All right. Well, is that a horse that you are kind of saying, is, is that Bellafina? Bellafina on paper looks like the horse to beat. Okay. To pretty much not just me, but to everybody. But it's a little questionable. Some of the horses that she's run against, that she's won against, you could look at and go, may have been a little bit weaker field out west than we would have thought. Um, the horse that I like a little bit more, the more I look at her over her, is Restless Rider. She's uh-huh. a six to one morning line shot. And uh, she's never finished worse than second in seven starts, and she really was coming on the last couple of races. If I was going to pick a horse that I thought would pull the upset over Bella Fina, she's the one I like. All right, this is for the 
Phillies Derby there at Kentucky Oaks. What time does that usually start at Churchill? Well, they'll start racing Friday morning at about 9.30 will be race one. Okay. The Oaks will go off our time, Central Standard Time. The Oaks will go off right around 5, 5.30, somewhere in there. But it'll be televised um, on NBC Sports that whole afternoon. How about that? So it's a full day racing. Kentucky Derby Day also starts at – the first race goes off at 9.30 in the morning our time. All right. So now, it's, it's a big day of racing. All right, moving to the Derby, we have, what, a 20-horse field this year? We do have a 20-horse field this year. Uh, we've had a 20-horse field now for quite a few years. Um, it, it's, uh, <laughs> I was doing an article this morning, you can read tomorrow in y'all.com, that said that the 20-horse fields really didn't start appearing until the 2000. So seems to me like memory serves me best. We've had an 18- to 20-horse field for every year that I remember last 10 years. And uh, it's no other the, – the Belmont doesn't pull those kind of numbers. Preakness does not pull those kind of numbers. The Derby does. Uh, and there are two horses that aren't going to make it on points unless somebody else is scratches. So it's going to be a 20-horse field, it looks like, no matter what. All right. Um, there is a chance of rain on Saturday, so that could make things really interesting. All right. Well, let me ask you about the way you said that there will be racing at Churchill on Saturday prior to the afternoon race of the Derby. Are some of the same horses that are in the Derby, do they race earlier in the day, too? Uh, some of the horses on the Derby Trail, you'll see race earlier in the day. There's a million-dollar distaff mile out there. Okay. Uh, there's a couple of the grade one races. Um, you'll see some names if you follow the circuit, so to speak. You'll see some very familiar names that you may have seen running the Florida Derby, the Arkansas Derby. They didn't qualify, or the Derby just wasn't going to be for them. But they'll be races all day. They'll probably start off with a couple of two-year-old maiden claimers and our maiden allowance races. And I haven't looked at the full card, but there'll be six. There'll be a total of eight Grade Two and Grade One stakes races. Six of those will be Grade One between Friday and Saturday. Okay. Well, I know when we start talking about the horses here, of course, they've got big shoes to fill as we had a triple crown winner just last year in Justify. And what are the chances we might have a triple crown again this year? Well, considering the fact that we waited for as long as we did between them and then we got two within four years because American Pharaoh took it also. This is not a Bob Bassard horse. Bobby's got three of them in there, Roadster, Improbable, and Game Winner. Uh, and, and, and Bob's not the owner, he's the trainer. And he's going for his sixth Kentucky Derby, which would tie the record for most Kentucky Derby wins. I think if he's got a chance with any of the three, it'll be with Roadster. Uh-huh. Um, Roadster, Roadster will kind of come off the pace. Um, he's looked good the last couple of races. I'm not as impressed with game winner or improbable as much as some of the other folks that are professionals about it are. I see. Well, Clark Shelton, our special guest here, as we get you ready for the Kentucky Derby on Saturday. And, Clark, one of my goals in life is maybe not to be as rich as Bob Baffert is, but I'd love to have that hair one day. John, we've met a few times, and I I know there's hoping. (laughs) (laughs) You might want to go out and get the sunglasses. I think you can get there on that. Okay, uh, okay. Well, those, those those classic California eighty sunglasses are uh, are his trademark. Um, you know, Bob's 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 come. He's he's put the West Coast, so to speak, on the map. Okay, um, he's done a great job coming out of California. Obviously, I know a lot of people are rooting for him. I think that's why there's a little bit more sentiment towards improbable and game winner than there probably should be. Um, but 
I just I don't, I don't know that he's going to get there this year. Ah, uh-huh. okay. So Clark Shelton, who are your favorites? What are your odds when it comes to the running of the Kentucky Derby? Well, again, hey, and I'm going to take maximum security. And I've got my eye on maximum security right now. I think it's an eight to one morning line. There's a couple of long shots. The horse that won the uh, Saudi Arabia Derby, uh, plus Kook Carfay, um, is a horse that's interesting to me, especially if it rains. Um, and he'll be a 50 to one shot. A lot of this is going to be dependent upon weather, John. And right now it's a 60, 40 chance that we're going to have a wet track for the Kentucky Derby. Um, it changes everything. If you don't think it does, ask mine that bird. Um, anybody that remembers Calvin Burrell taking that horse in the slop, who they actually shipped up in a trailer, in a two horse trailer from Arizona because they didn't have the money to ship him by plane. And uh, went off around 99-1. And <laughs> if it was any other day, that horse would have, you would have never even heard the name. But the rain changes everything. Okay. So that, that's kind of where, you know, post positions have something to do with that. Again, there's an article, a great article on y'all.com about where post positions come from. There's never been a horse went out of the 17th post position. Majority of the horses that have won have come out of the number five. It's, you know, there, there, there are stats that, that run across that, and it's, so it kind of shows where the positions were drawn this morning. I've not seen the draw yet. They just finished. Okay. Um, so you'll take a look at that. But those are things that people need to take, you know, if, if they're if they're wanting to go and bet a couple of dollars and how do I pick a horse with a 20-horse field, it's 70% luck and it's 30% skill. <laughs> well, Clark, let me ask you a question that the average Joe can't answer when we talk about the Kentucky Derby. If you're a racehorse like Omaha Beach or Maximum Security, what are you eating prior to the running of the Kentucky Derby? <laughs> well, your diet doesn't change. Um, here's the thing. These horses have run hard. The hardest thing for a horse and what you want to look at when they come out on the post parades, etc., is does a horse look like he's sheen? Does he have weight on him? hardest thing you can do with a three-year-old is keep weight on him. Um, especially now it gets so much more difficult to qualify for the Derby. It's actually why it's a little difficult to be a triple crown winner. A lot of these horses drop tons of weight after the Kentucky Derby. You've got to get them back up the weight in order to get them ready for the Preakness. And then you three weeks after that, they got to be ready to go a mile and a half, a quarter of a mile longer than the Derby. And you got to put the weight on them like that. So everybody has their different supplements and stuff they add. There's always the oats. There's the hot mash. I know folks that put beer really? in their horse and hot mess. Beer's good for the horse. Um, everybody has their own different system, and no horse is fed the same all the way through. But everybody gets hot oats. Pretty much any any stakes winner, hot oats is, is definitely in the diet. All right. Well, that's good news to know, and that can come in handy when you're planning on putting your bet down. Now, I understand look there's... And, look and see if they look filled out. Look for what we call the dapples. And dapples are little... They almost are just exactly what they sound like. It looks like they've been sitting out the sun and they dappled, so to speak. Healthy horse will always be well dappled. It'll always have a real nice sheen to him. Okay. Ears up, not too excited, not sweating it when he comes through the post parade. A horse starts sweating, he's getting nervous. He'll expend the energy before he ever gets to the gate. Hmm. It's called washing out. Uh-huh. Wow. Now tell me about this $1.5 million pick five on Derby Day. What's that all about? <laughs> That's going to happen on Derby Day itself. And they have five races um, that they pick, and you have to pick the winner in each one of those five races. 
It's a million and a half guaranteed pot. That's just the start. There's also a 250,000 guaranteed pot that will be all six of the grade one races run between Friday and Saturday. Um, first year they've done that. I think they're calling that the, uh, uh, the, 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 uh, the, uh, Woodford Reserve. Um, everything's Woodford Reserve, by the way, because that's what they make big jumps with. Uh, the Woodford Reserve pick six, it's new this year. Then the Bourbon Double will be the Kentucky Derby and the race following. Amazing. All right. Well, good stuff there. Now, again, the running of the Kentucky Derby brings in a lot and a lot of people. What What is the estimate, if you had to guess, on how many people show up here at the Derby? Oh, the estimate's going to be uh, probably around, I don't know, I, I, infield, et cetera. I don't know if I've ever really looked at the crowd stats, but I would assume if it's a nice weekend, over 100,000. Okay. So, I mean, that's not just at the track. you got to remember, the city of Louisville gets inundated. Mm. It's a week-long party. Yeah. The party started there last weekend. Yeah. And they just get stronger and longer as it moves forward. Man. So I've got friends that are there now. They go down there every year for a whole week, and they do nothing but hit all the major parties. And at those parties, of course, you have your derby hats. And I believe at y'all.com, Clark, you've got some stuff put up there in terms of fashion for the Kentucky Derby. The ladies, the ladies and the hats are in thing, man. Um, there are always hat contests, the big parties. Matter of fact, the one I'm going to in Kentucky Downs in Franklin, Kentucky, is having a hat party. They actually, every year, pick what they call an official Milner for the Kentucky Derby. And a Milner is the person that makes the hats. Huh. Um, and we have a video of this year's official Milner for the Kentucky Derby. You can catch on y'all.com. All right. She'll tell you what, what's in, what kind of hat you're looking for, and how floppy they ought to be. And again, as Clark mentioned, he's going to be at Kentucky Downs, which is in Franklin, Kentucky. That is just off of so just off just off the sixty five, uh, just north of the Tennessee border, just yeah. across, right into the Kentucky border. Okay, just off I sixty five between Nashville and Bowling Green is where Clark will be, and they'll have some events going on there. And hey, maybe you'll have your own Kentucky Derby party wherever you might be in the South. You heard what Clark said; he's going to go with Omaha Beach as well as Maximum Security are his picks. And again, you can go to y'all.com and get more info on the race, get the insider scoop from Clark Shelton. But also, we've got some fun stuff. We've got the hat article, and you, you're you going to keep rolling out more and more articles about the Kentucky yeah. Derby. we got a, we got a mint julep recipe up there, the official dinner recipe for the Kentucky Derby that came straight from Churchill Downs. Um, it's not all horses. We've got about 12 videos, thanks to... Uh, the KHBPA and Jenny Reese did videos at Churchill all week, and she's been sending it to us after workouts with the jockeys and owners and trainers. So tomorrow morning, bright and early, there'll be a Kentucky Ultimate, the first annual Y'all Kentucky Derby Guide. Really? And it will have all kinds of fun stuff. Yes, sir. It'll have all kinds of fun stuff. You'll just be able to click and go straight to all the information. I have been waiting my whole life for this, Clark. Thank you very much. I, 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 knew, I, knew, I knew you had been, John. I've worked really hard um, to get that ready. <laughs> All right. Again, the website is y'all.com, and you'll see Clark's work not only on the Kentucky Derby, but you'll see a bunch of stuff all over y'all.com that Clark's had a hand in, and we're excited to bring him on today and help preview this weekend's Kentucky Derby. Again, it's the 145th running of the Derby from Churchill Downs, and we hope to get Clark back on here on a somewhat regular basis to tell us about other exciting stuff going on at y'all.com. Clark, put your hat on, put on your bow tie or whatever else you wear on Derby Day and have a great weekend. 
Hey, appreciate it, John. Appreciate being on the y'all show. Thanks for having me. All right. When we come back, we'll switch from horse racing to the thoroughbreds that play SEC sports. We've got our SEC sports spotlight coming up next as we close out today's Y'all Talk with a Southern Accent. And they're off. Imagine a mouthwash that whitens your teeth in just four days. Your party's this weekend. I'm so excited. New Act Whitening Mouthwash. Imagine strengthening your enamel. I'll take one of those brownies with extra pecans, please. Imagine safely removing stains every day. Coffee, ladies. I'll have an espresso. Imagine having a brighter, whiter smile in four days. New Act Whitening. Party time. I'm ready. Stop imagining. Start acting. Use as directed. the sec spotlight yay alabama welcome back john rawl and here in our last segment of this thursday y'all show we switch from the racetrack to the fast track of college football and a story's out right now on espn.com about Tua Tagovailoa, the alabama quarterback and according to this article he's the favorite to be 2020 nfl's top draft pick by the way the draft next year will be in Vegas in, in April of 2020. And Tua passed for nearly 4,000 yards and 43 touchdowns while leading Alabama to the national championship game in 2019. Well, it was in 2019, but for the 2018 season. And the odds are very high for him to be the number one pick in the 2020 NFL Draft He's currently the Heisman favorite at a 5-2 to odds. That's ahead of Clemson sophomore quarterback Trevor Lawrence, a 7-2 to odd for winning the Heisman. But sure enough, Tua Tagovailoa, the odds-on favorite for the NFL draft at minus 300 returning for his junior season this year. So as we just had horse racing talk in the previous segment, go ahead and make your book, book your bet for Tua in 2020. More SEC slash NFL info for you. The newly signed Oakland Raider running back Isaiah Crowell, who played at Georgia, he tore his Achilles tendon during a workout on Tuesday, and he's done for the entire 2020 season. He's going to undergo season-ending surgery next week. The source told Adam Schefter of ESPN, Crowell had signed a one-year deal worth up to $2.5 million, according to sources. The injury is the latest blow to the Raiders' depth chart at running back. Last week, Marshawn Lynch indicated that he's done playing football. So the Raiders are in big trouble from a personnel standpoint. Now, they did draft as the number four, 24 pick overall in the first round in Nashville. They, they picked Alabama running back Josh Jacobs as an RB for Coach Gruden. But Crowell, 26 years old, was one and done with the New York Jets after four seasons with the Cleveland Browns. And now he's going to be sitting out for the Raiders in 2020. 
19 out after tearing his Achilles tendon. Now more SEC NFL, this time not on the playing field, but in the booth. Booger McFarlane, former LSU Tiger, he's going to move from his field analyst position on Monday Night Football, and he's going to join Joe Tessitore in the booth for the what's going to be the 50th season of MNF. The two will be joined by sideline reporter Lisa Salters, who returns for her eighth Monday Night Football season. And also they got a officiating analyst, John Perry, there on MNF. As the season kicks off with the Houston Texans visiting the New Orleans Saints on September 9th as part of ESPN's opening night doubleheader of Monday Night Football. McFarlane, who was a two-time Super Bowl champ, played with the New England Patriots. He joined Monday Night Football last year after serving as an SEC insider and more for ESPN, and he was on the SEC Network. And he's in the booth with Joe Tessitore because – after only one season on the job, Jason Witten, Tennessee Vol, great. He unretired to go back and play football for the Dallas Cowboys. So Booger McFarland jumps in in his place, and we wish Booger what a name. How would you? I don't even know his real name, but Booger is what he goes by, and uh, he does a good job. He's he's really good on air. If I could be a Booger when I grow up. I'll be doing all right. The sad news for me is Booker's a couple years younger than me. Disturbing news coming from Dallas. A former Texas A&M football player has been sentenced to life in prison for the slaying of a Dallas jogger who was hacked to death with a machete back in 2015. This week, a Dallas County jury found Thomas Johnson guilty of murder for the what's believed to be seemingly random killing of David Stevens and returned the sentence on Wednesday. Thomas Johnson was accused of waiting on a trail in East Dallas four years ago and attacking this 53-year-old mechanical engineer as he he ran by. And some people say he was not in his right mind during the attack, and his lawyers asked for leniency, but he pleaded not guilty, but the defense called no witnesses, and now he's going to be sentenced to life for murder there in the Lone Star State. SEC baseball update. The Vanderbilt Commodores are tearing it up. They're on an eight-game win streak in the doors. The Vandy boys are on top of the east side of the SEC college baseball standings with a 15-6 and conference mark. Georgia, which had been in the catbird seat for a large part of the early part of the season, the dogs are 13-8. and Missouri is 10-10-1. Tennessee, 9-12. Florida, also 9-12. The Gamecocks of South Carolina and Kentucky both share 5-16 and sec marks now in the west of the sec the razorbacks who have won four straight they're on top of that side of the division mississippi state also has won four straight the dogs are 13 and 8 in conference play and just behind arkansas the mississippi land sharks 13 and 8 they're winners of three straight lsu is 13 and 8 also so you got three teams all with 13 and 8 conference marks and LSU a two-game win streak for them. The Aggies, man, they were blanked. They went to Sharksville this past weekend, and Mississippi defeated them at Swayze Field in consecutive games, swept them away. Texas A&M, which was in the top ten, I think they were number six last weekend, they dropped, and they're 11-9-1 and in SEC play. Alabama is at the bottom, and Auburn's just above them. Auburn's 10-11, the Tide 5-16, and and sec play we'll have your whole sec lineup for games coming up on friday's y'all show as we outline college baseball 
Now to SEC tennis, 19 conference teams have received bids to the NCAA tennis championships. What a, a great feat. And all that gets underway this week as you got first and second round competition going on May 3rd through the 4th for men and then May 3rd and 4th or 4th and 5th for women. And this features four teams playing in a single elimination format, NCAA college tennis. Now, who's your men in the SEC? The Alabama Crimson Tide will be playing in Austin against the South Florida Bulls. In Gainesville, the Gators, who are number three in college tennis, they have a match with FGCU. The Georgia Bulldogs travel to Chapel Hill for a match against Elon. Kentucky will be in Winston-Salem. They'll have a match against the VCU Rams. The Mississippi Land Sharks go all the way to L.A. for a match against Oklahoma State. Alabama State goes to Starkville, where they play the SEC's Mississippi State men's tennis team. State ranked number seven in the country. North Carolina, uh, rather South Carolina, will be going up to Virginia, and they'll play the SoCon's ETSU Bucks and a match there in Charlottesville. Radford will be in Knoxville, Tennessee's number 14, and they've got a set there. A&M Corpus Christi will be at the, the mothership. They'll be in College Station to take on the number 13 Texas A&M men's tennis team. And the Vanderbilt Commodores will be going to Columbus, Ohio for a match against Notre Dame. For the SEC women's tennis programs, a bunch of teams are NCAA bound. Alabama will be in Tallahassee to take on UCF. The Florida Gators go to Lawrence, Kansas, where they'll face the Boston College Eagles. Alabama State, the Hornets go to Athens for a match against the number one Georgia Bulldogs women's tennis program. The Kentucky Wildcats go to Ann Arbor. They have DePaul. LSU goes to L.A. They'll face off against San Diego. And Columbia, South Carolina, the Gamecocks are ranked number four in women's tennis. They have North Florida. And in Raleigh, the Furman Paladins will face off against the Tennessee Volunteers. In Austin, the Texas A&M Women's College Tennis Program goes to the state capitol to face off against the Rice Owls. And finally, in Nashville, the number eight ranked Vanderbilt Women's Tennis Program hosts the Miami of Ohio Women's College Tennis Team. And that is your SEC tennis update here on this Thursday, y'all. See, we, we got it all. We got it all. We slam it down for you. And that is a slam of this Thursday edition of the Y'all Show with John Rawl. Thank you for listening. We have enjoyed sharing so much with you here. And don't forget, we'll be right back here for another exciting Friday edition of the Y'all Show, where we'll have a tribute to birthday boy Randy Travis. He turned 60 years old over the weekend. And the singer from North Carolina is going to be feeded by yours truly. And we're going to play one of his greatest songs in the second hour of the Friday Y'all Show. So, Randy Travis, hashtag Hullabaloo, and so much more coming your way on the Friday Y'all. But that's tomorrow. But until that time, enjoy the rest of your day. A cow whose milk became everyone's favorite cheese at the craft fair. But cheese only lasts so long. The impression a small business makes needs to last much longer. That's why Vistaprint is offering 500 truly personalized business cards starting at $9.99. Choose from hundreds of fresh designs tailored to your type of company. Or upload your own. The choice is yours. The time is now. Get 500 business cards starting at $9.99 with promo code 1717. That's promo code 1717 at vistaprint.com. Vistaprint. Own the now. 
Mother's Day is next Sunday, and Pro Flowers is offering an amazing special. One dozen assorted roses for mom for $19.99. And as a special bonus, double the roses and get a premium vase for just $9.99 more. Go to proflowers.com, click on the blue microphone, and enter the secret code 6262. With fresh flowers, express delivery, and unique vases and accessories that mom will love, Pro Flowers has everything you need to get your Mother's Day shopping done for all the moms you know. Order now from Pro Flowers to get amazing savings. Just pick a delivery date and its freshness is guaranteed or your money back. One dozen assorted roses sent fresh from the farms and guaranteed to stay fresh and beautiful for at least seven days, starting at $19.99. Or double the roses and get a premium vase for just $9.99 more. Order now because Mother's Day is next Sunday. The only way to get this amazing deal is to go to proflowers.com, click on the microphone in the upper right corner, and enter the secret code 6262. That's proflowers.com, secret code 6262. And now, a quick comparison from Grasshopper. When you're always on the go, what would you prefer? An office phone system? Hey, it's Rochelle. Sorry I missed you earlier, had an errand to run, but I'm back in the office, so give me a call when you get this. Or one that works on your cell phone. No hardware needed, courtesy of Grasshopper. Oh, one sec. It's a business call. Hi, this is Rochelle with WayForward Partners. How can I help? There's no contest. Put your best voice forward with Grasshopper, the virtual phone system for small business. Try it free at grasshopper.com.